I'm Sonia, a recent graduate of a mail-order secretarial course just south of the Thames. Tonight's show has a musical and geographical plotline, but I've said too much. Take it away, Mr. Showbiz! Hello, everybody. Good to be here one more time. We're going to start off... It's the end of summer. We're going to start off with a little end of summer music from the Beach Boys. Uh, Many people have have talked to me about... They have the same phenomenon I have, that on a Sunday afternoon, late afternoon, early evening Sunday, they get a melancholic feeling. It's just the end of the weekend, beginning of the week. They got it when they were in school, and they have it now that they're adults and in the working week. Just a weird melancholic feeling, late Sunday afternoon, early Sunday evening. I thought I was the only one that had it, but I've met a number of people that have it, including our engineer tonight, Mr. Kevin Stokes of the Souther Still Band. So one of the things that I've noticed is not just a weekend thing or a weekly thing. I have it seasonally. It's the end of summer. And every summer, the last two weeks of August, maybe the first week of September, I have this melancholic feeling. And nothing battles it and nothing defines it as much as this next song. It's the Beach Boys at their peak when they were young and restless all summer long. Listen to those guys. The wrecking crew underneath. The guys singing tight harmony on top. What's not to like? But for some odd reason, it does... When I hear it in late August in particular, it does cause feelings of uh, melancholy in me. I don't, I don't know why. It's such a joyous song. I mean, Brian Wilson obviously didn't know that right around the corner were trials and tribulations. Speaking of right around the corner and trials and tribulations, his dear friend Jan Barry was... Uh, Doing very, very well, of course, with Jan and Dean at the exact same time. A lot of people don't take Jan and Dean seriously as artists, but the top eight or maybe ten Jan and Dean songs are pretty damn fabulous. There's a reason why people like Sid Griffin, or for that matter, Keith Moon of The Who are massive Jan and Dean fans. And Brian Wilson's a Jan and Dean kind of guy. He, he lo- loved Jan Barry's productions. 
But Jan and Dean had their own problems coming around the corner. Many people know that uh, Jan Barry had the famous uh, tragic car accident on Sunset Boulevard at Dead Man's Curve about four months after he released a single called Dead Man's Curve. But even before then, they were making a, a movie in August of 65. That was an April of 66 car crash. In August of 65, they were making a movie. And by God, they had a... Uh, uh, explosion on the set and Jan Barry broke his was thrown into the air and came down and broke his leg uh, then so I mean Jan and Dean for all the sunshine they had just like the Beach Boys they had some serious problems but we'll talk about that in another show I want to play one of the songs I first learned to play guitar to I got some crazy songbook in 1969 or 1970 like 40 top 10 contemporary hits and it was a, about a 3 or 4 year old songbook when I got it in 1969 or 70 and it had this song on it this is a Kraken song by Jan and Dean, his his quasi-Brian, quasi-Phil Spector production. It's uh, Jan Barry and Dean Torrance doing the immortal uh, title song to the soundtrack of Ride, Ride, Ride the Wild Surf. You gotta take that one last ride. That's Dean Torrance singing the high-high harmony. Jan Berry did most of the songwriting. He did the producing, but Dean's doing the real, real high part. In fact, if you listen to Ba-Ba-Ba-Ba-Ba-Baran by the Beach Boys, their cover on Beach Boys Party, towards the end of it, before it ends, someone says, clear as a bell, thanks, Dean, because it's Dean Torrance singing the high part on that Beach Boys record of uh, off Beach Boys Party of Barbara Ann, the great cover version they did. It was a hit in America. I don't know if it was a hit in Europe. Anyway, that's Jan and Dean doing Ride, 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 the Wild Surf. 
The surf scene in Southern California, I lived there for almost 15 years. It was incredible how respected the surf music scene is. I suppose in Europe and most of the rest of the world, it's, it's many people take it in a, as, as a joke or a lighthearted thing, but so many great guitar players came out of the surf scene. It, it, it's not even true. Oh, that reminds me of something. Somebody was asking me, how come you're so loud and sing song on Radcliffe and McConey on BBC Six Music and all your other radio things you do? And you're sort of more academic or quiet when we listen to these podcasts. And the answer is, these podcasts are recorded in my home by myself and engineer Kevin Stokes and our dear friend Sonia. I've got people sleeping nearby. I can't really do the sing-song shouty thing as I can at BBC Six Music where I'm in a studio and you can, you know, let off a cannon and nobody will hear it outside in the street. So that's why. It's not two Sid Griffins. It's not even two approaches to broadcasting. It's just the way the way things are when you're in a quiet household late at night recording a podcast such as this. Anyway, back to Southern California. So many great guitar players came out of the scene. of this, uh, Dick Dale, everybody knows, obviously. And I guess you would know Carl Wilson of the Beach Boys, but I mean, really virtuoso players. Uh, in fact, a virtuoso drummer just popped in my head. Johnny Barbada was in the Sentinels, and he later went on to, to drum with uh, Neil Young and Jefferson Airplane and Jefferson Starship. I mean, that's not a bad day's paycheck. But this is the Bel Airs. The Bel Airs, uh, an instrumental band from way south of Santa Monica. I think they're down towards, even south of El Segundo. I think we're talking, oh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know, maybe... Uh, the Wedge, somewhere down there. Uh, Eddie Bertrand was their legendary lead guitar player. They had a piano player in the band. How weird is that? But Eddie Bertrand was the main guy. This was a hit in Southern California, 1961. As well, it should be. Not a hint of melancholia on this one. This is the Bel Airs, as I said. You hear it once, you'll always remember it. Mr. Moto.
Eddie Bertrand on lead guitar. The piano player was, I think, Paul Johnson. I'd have to look. But, I have to, but anyway, the Bel Air's Mr. Moto, 1961, on a local label in L.A. These things are actually charted and got airplay. You could do that kind of thing back then. Uh, I'll talk some other time about how rock and roll was really amateur night till I think it started solidifying certainly the Stones tour of October, November 69 in the USA, but maybe even Cream's tour, final tour in late 68. That was the first, let's get professional here, come on. But until then, rock and roll was uh, amateur night, amateur night, particularly before the deal in 69 that consolidated so many of these labels like Atlantic Records and Warner Brothers and all that. Until then, you or I could have a hit record and and sell some records in, say, Cincinnati that would uh, maybe be a hit in Orlando, Florida, just those two places. And no one else in the country would have heard of it. Or maybe somebody in Chicago at Mercury Records will buy it, reissue it, and it'll become a hit for five other cities in America three months, four months after it's dead in Orlando and Cincinnati. It was crazy days. Love those early days of rock and roll. It was just open season, a total cockfight. And if your rooster was bigger than the other guys, you won. Now, this next guy, Magic Sam, is one of my two great guitar heroes. The other one, of course, Roger McGuinn of the Birds. They're the only two guys I've ever tried to play guitar like. Magic Sam is uh, emblematic of the West Side sound in Chicago. How did we make this leap from Southern California to Chicago? Where I'm trying to show you what was going on in early 60s America and late 50s America, because I have a point to be made. I'd like to uh, plug my friend Denny Bruce, who's out in Southern California. He was the manager of John Fahey and Leo Kotke amongst others, and Denny was the last manager of Magic Sam. Magic Sam looked like Robert Cray or Sam Cooke. He was uh, a contemporary of people like Otis Rush. He was not a South Side guy like Mul- like uh, Muddy Waters or Howlin' Wolf. He was a West Side soul guy in Chicago. And while the Beach Boys and the Bel Airs were playing guitar that kind of way, Magic Sam was making records for uh, Cobra Records, and I think this is for Chief Records, actually. And it's unreleased for six- from about 1962 or three. And it was anthologized on one of the first Blue albums I ever bought in the late 60s. Somebody found the track and put it out for the first time on an LP. But it was unreleased at the time it was cut in the very early 60s. Um, Sam died tragically December 1st, 1969 of a heart attack. He's only 32 years old. So he's a big, big cult figure in the United States and in the blues world. But he was going to make it. He was going to be like the Robert Cray of his era. And we might even have a Magic Magic Sam show some other time. Anyway, I've prattled on enough. When this is, if you've heard what the Beach Boys and Jan and Dean and there's great session players like Billy Strange and Glenn Campbell were doing with the guitar, if you've heard what the Bel Airs and rock and roll instrumentalists were doing with surf guitar, what were uh, the West Side guys doing in Chicago with guitar? Well, uh, this is what they were doing.
How does it sound like that? It's the vibrato switch. Whatever amp he's got, it's not the tremolo switch, it's the vibrato switch, which of course, no amp after sort of the, I guess, 67 psychedelic area had vibrato on it. But all the early amps had vibrato on it. Vox AC30s had vibrato. The great Magic Sam. What a great guitar player. The name of the song is Magic Rocker. I'm so sorry. I didn't tell you what the name of the song was. The name of the song is Magic Rocker. Sam went on to make two studio LPs for Delmark Records, which are still in print for the great Bob uh, Kester. Uh, one's West Side Soul. Uh, one's called Magic Sam's Blues Band, as I recall. Black Magic. That's what it's called. Black Magic and West Side Soul. Both by Magic Sam's Blues Band with featuring Magic Sam. Check them out. But that's Magic Rocker for Chief Records in the early 1960s. This next song is by uh, Sam's uncle or alleged uncle shaky jake uh hard he was a harmonica player and a singer and i had the privilege of seeing shaky jake play in los angeles i was shaking no pun intended i was really shaking with nerves when i saw him for a number of reasons one because shaky jake is a legendary chicago bluesman he long deceased he was long deceased another is uh, shaky jake <laughs> like uh, larry williams and uh, you know uh, johnny guitar watson shaky jake he knew some guys you know what i'm saying Listen to me now. He knew some guys. In fact, he might have been one of those guys. He knew some guys. Shaky Jake also recorded for the great Eli uh, Toscano, who was later found floating uh, upside down in Lake Michigan, and the Chicago police put down he died by drowning. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, sure. But anyway, Shaky Jake, he knew some guys. Let's just put it that way. And Sam played lead guitar for him on this next record. It's called Roll Your Moneymaker. Not Shake Your Moneymaker. Roll your moneymaker. Do you dig? You know Shake Your Moneymaker, the song, the, the blues standard? Well, if your name's Shaky Jake, suddenly it becomes Roll Your Moneymaker. Am I losing you? Well, the story gets worse. When it first came out on 45, there was a misprint. And this record, Roll Your Moneymaker, with Magic Sam on lead guitar, was not credited to Shaky Jake. No, sir. It was credited, I swear before God in heaven, to Shaky Joke. <laughs>
When the clock strikes ten, yeah. I'ma start rolling all over again. Yeah. When the clock strikes eleven, yeah. don't you feel like you's in heaven? Yeah. When the clock strikes twelve, yeah. I got mine, see all day old anywhere. Same song. Nice drum fill. Oh, you're waking it. Anyway, single comes out and Shaky Jake is dismayed to find it's credited to Shaky Joke. Unbelievable. Unbelievable bad luck. Let's shift gears again. Let's leave Chicago and the uh, sometimes questionable tactics of what's going on in the Windy City. What's going on in, say, New York City? What's going on in these early 60s New York City? Well, the, the six tracks we played, five tracks we've just played have been happening. What's going on in New York City? Well, you got the Brill Building. A lot of people, you know, Man and Wild and uh, Goffin King, uh, Donnie Kirshner's Jeff Barry. They're all doing sort of an East Coast Dick Clark thing. They're, they're, they're working it. They're working it. The Bobby Vinton, Bobby V's, the whole thing's out there. So what's coming on that's good? People, a lot of people say that early 60s, 61, 62, 63 New York Brill Building scene, is Tin Pan Alley scene is jive. They're wrong. They're wrong. White America has a certain weird kind of soul. It's not uh, got the signpost that African-American soul has musically or culturally, but it's got soul, heart, and feeling nonetheless. Witness Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys. They're soulful. But New York's got it as well. Now, now dig this. This is the same time the first five records are coming out. New York's coming up with stuff like this. Now, this is a pop record. But man, if you ask me, totally groovy. Of all people, uh uh-huh, this is Leslie Gore doing Run, Bobby Run, 1963, New York City, produced by no less than Quincy Jones.
listen to that production. Quincy Jones, who of course later went on to do the great Body Heat stuff on his own. Maggie, married Peggy Lipton of the Mod Squad. That's not bad. And of course produced Michael Jackson stuff. Uh, did he produce Off the Wall? I know he produced Thriller. What a, he's a heavy-duty guy, Quincy Jones. Anyway, that's the great Leslie, Leslie Gordon run, Bobby Run. Uh, the production value is way, way over the, the tops. Just so beautiful, so great. And of course, Magic Sam and Shaky Jake, they had like a buck and a quarter and five minutes to record their stuff. But hey, life's not fair. Also from New York City, everyone's talking about things like the Drifters being, or Benny King came out of the Drifters. My favorite Drifter lead vocalist is he, talking wildly and, and, and as quickly as he can. Rudy Lewis, loved Rudy Lewis's vocals. But anyway, we don't need to say anything bad about Clyde McFadder or... Uh, Benny King here, but the Drifters. Let's talk about the Drifters for a second. It was this, this is also the same time all this stuff's going on, the early 1960s. This is late 1962. It's a Goffin King song. I mentioned Jerry Goffin and Carol King earlier. This was a number four R&B song, number five pop hit. It's a classic. You know it. You gotta love it. The Drifters doing Up on the Roof. When this old world starts getting me down And people are just too much for me to face I climb way up to the top of the stairs And all my cares just drift right into space On the roof is peaceful as can be And Go up where the air is fresh and sweet. Up on the roof, I get away from the hustling crowd and all that rat race noise down in the you can go see the drifters tonight probably in fact there used to be a european drifters an asiatic pacific rim drifters and a north american drifters they all had the name they all went out and sang the hits and probably nobody in the band had been in the band more than two or three years on the night you saw them 
Oh yeah, when the Drifters get in the if, got in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, what happened? Two hundred people stood up. It must have been hysterical. Anyway, that's the Drifters doing their classic "Up on the Roof," a Goffin King song. Now, a lot of people like myself have been so fixated with this old rock and roll and, and wearing out the grooves of these records. They thought, I wonder what the original demos of a Carol King song sounded like. I wonder what the original demo of a Dan Penn song written for some old R&B guy, or for that matter, the box tops. What did the Dan Penn demos sound like? I wonder what the demos of so-and-so sounded like, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, you can find out right now. Uh, I'm a big Everly Brothers fan, Don and Phil Everly. What, what can you say? You wouldn't have John, and Paul, uh, John Lennon and Paul McCartney without Don and Phil Everly. Here is Carol King's Top 10, 1962. Well, sorry, it's a demo. This is her demo of Crying in the Rain, which was for the Everly Brothers, Don and Phil, a top 10 hit in 1962, but a very special recording. I hope you enjoy it. Carol King doing a demo now. This isn't any finished product. Check it out. 1962. You can tell she's got talent. We're just 10 years away from tapestry. And Phil changed that harmony a little bit. How big a fan am I of the Everly Brothers? Well, I've got their autograph on about eight things in this very room. Love them to death. That's the great Carol King. Her her song, uh, uh, Jerry Goffin, her then husband, I believe, wrote the lyrics. Crying in the rain, a hit for the Everly Brothers. And I'm wondering who sang the the high part on that to Carol King. If that was a, a live vocal from somebody else, or if Carol King did a harmony dub. I imagine it's a live vocal because it's just a demo. So that's New York. What about the other recording centers in America? Well, we can't go through them all in this podcast, but we can go through Nashville, or really, we can go to my Louisville, Kentucky home. In fact, this next artist, not only Louisville, Kentucky uh, resident, he lived down the street. He was about a uh, two-minute walk from my front door to his front door. Member of the country uh, and Western Hall of Fame. This is Pee Wee King. Now, it's a 50s song, but it was his signature song, uh, one of his signature songs, well into the 60s. So I'm going to play it for you now. My neighbor, a Wisconsin native, but a longtime Louisville, Kentucky resident, friend of my mom's, the great Pee Wee King doing his immortal, Why Don't Y'all Go Home? (laughs) 
one to break up the party But why don't you all go home? We've been celebrating, now it's getting late And we want some time alone Me and my sweet mama, we said I'd do today Now here's your coat and there's your hat I'm sorry you can't stay It's been grand just having you over But me and my baby got things to talk over I don't want to be the one to break up the party But why don't you all go home? He doesn't really mean it. Pee Wee King is the accordionist, the leader of the band. It's a funny old world how a guy from Wisconsin who grew up playing Polish polkas, because there's a huge Polish-American community up in Wisconsin and Minnesota, as Bob Dylan will tell you, how he grew into playing country and western and getting on TV and the whole thing and being friends with Johnny Cash, I have no idea. It's a story, another story for another time. Now, this next guy, as we juggle around American roots musics, or really the pop music of their day, this next guy's my last artist before we come to the punchline. This is Ray Price. He's the one country and western guy that in my mind's eye, my mind's ear, really unites Texas honky-tonk swing with later Nashville schmaltz. He could do them all. He could do them both. He could do he, he One of the great singers of all time, Ray Price. It's one of my great regrets. I never saw him, never saw him perform. Mel Tillis wrote this song. Mel Tillis also wrote Sweet Mental Revenge for Waylon Jennings, which is on the Long Riders, immortal 1984 indie record, Native Sons, plug. Anyway, from 1961, the great Ray Price doing Heart Over Mine. Sir Doug, wherever you are, this is for you. You'll 
good reason. Ray Price doing Heart Over Mind from 1961. Well, what if you take those songs? What if you take those 11 songs? I had to count. You take those 11 songs and you shake them up. Now, that's what's going on in America at this time. There's no internet. There's no radio. That's uh, Well, I guess you could have a short wave. And uh, I know people did. Van the Man said he used to listen to AFM, Armed Forces Music, uh, the Armed Forces, AFN, the Armed Forces Network, on uh, in Belfast, and that's where he heard a lot of R and B. But most people, the average Joe Schmo, just listen to the light program or whatever over here, and that's fine and groovy and dandy. But a lot of people in in the ports, like Belfast, Van the Man, who I just spoke about, a lot of people in those ports towns, like well Liverpool. They'd have been listening to a lot of this stuff. Some of the sailors brought back these records on the on the passenger ships, the cruise ships, and all that stuff. And I, I know this for a fact from one of my friends in L.A. used to uh, work at Capitol Records, and one of his jobs was to keep John Lennon happy. So when John Lennon was in the building, they'd send this young guy down to talk rockabilly with him. And Lennon said, yeah, they got a lot of these records in Liverpool. And he had a surprisingly for... Uh, for an English guy who didn't have immediate access to American 45s, Lennon really, really knew his stuff from the old days. Anyway, let's go back to what I was saying. If you took those 11 songs I've played you from the left coast, Chicago R&B, New York pop, slick New York pop, with, with certainly like, something like the Drifters, what's going on in Nashville, what's going on in Kentucky, throw in a little uh, Texas swing. If we threw them all together into one thing and shook it up, shook it up nice and good, what comes out? Well, this does. You never wear a stitch of lace Your powder's never on your face You're always wearing jeans Except on Sunday So please don't ever change Now don't you ever change I kinda like you just the way you are You don't know the latest dance But when it's time to make romance Your kisses let me know You're not a Get tired of you 
George and Paul. Don't hear a lot of John singing. Brinsley Schwartz Band did a lovely version of this. But that's the Beatles. Pop Goes the Beatles, August 1st, 1963, cut in Manchester at the BBC. A wonderful Jerry Goffin and Carol King song. That's what you get when you add all those musics together. That kind of scene, that kind of sound. Right around the corner, of course, this time they're doing She Loves You, blah, 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 blah. The world is their oyster. Two months later, three months later, President Kennedy shot. The 60s just kickstart like nobody's business. That's what happens when you add up those 11 songs, in my opinion. Anyway, this is Sid Griffin. We'll do another podcast in about eight weeks, two months. Uh, I want to mention some CDs that I like because I've been playing a lot of this old stuff. There's a new Gene Taylor solo album. He's the guy in the blasters. It's on a Finnish label. It's called Roadhouse Memories. I think it's a total winner. I'm digging Dylan's Another Self-Portrait. I'm digging anything by Philip Chevron, be it the Great Dubliner, be it the Pogues or the Radiators from Space or his solo stuff. Viv Albertine has a uh, solo album that I've been talking about called The Vermilion... Um, border and it's now out on vinyl, colored vinyl, as a matter of fact. I'm also digging, uh, let's see, we got the Akron family, the Atlas Sound, Big Troubles, Bodies of Waters, the Donkeys doing the, uh, a tune called West Coast Rock I like. Not the Monkeys, the Donkeys. Uh, people of Water, they're kind of groovy. Zervis uh, and Pepper, people know them, they're from Cardiff, they're, they're pretty groovy. The Dreaming Spires are groovy, the CC are groovy, Hyde and Beast are groovy. Uh, you know these guys? I don't know. Heidi Spencer and the Rare Birds. I wrote them down that I dig them. The Sinclairs from Richmond, Virginia. Dig the Sinclairs. They're groovy. So there's some new bands, young new bands out there that I like a great deal. But anyway, hey, here's some music coming. Oh, gotta go. I'm Sid Griffin. It's wonderful to be here. It's certainly a thrill. God bless every one of you. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Hope to see you uh, sometime soon. The Cole Porters are playing in September after taking a bit of a hiatus. Got some September and October gigs. Go to www.sidgriffin.com. Hit the tour date buttons at the top, and you'll see what those tour dates are. Oh, the music's there. I got to start going. God bless each and every one of you. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back in about two, two months. All the very best. <laughs>